HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by PASA Sustainable Agriculture. Learn more about PASA's 2021 virtual conference at pasafarming.org slash conference. This week on Meet and 3, we head into the second part of our mini-series on global trade, where we talk about all things sweet, from chocolate and sugarcane to the cultural festival that accompanied the growth of the date industry in the U.S. They're using this romance and fantasy to say dates are exotic and you should consume them. I'd like to think of the food that we eat as archaeological artifacts, in part because the history of humanity is in the stands in your produce market. It's not like other foods. We have very like personal feelings about chocolate. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm thrilled to have back Cynthia Pan. Am I saying that correctly again? (laughs) You are. Yes. Yay. Um, Welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. You're the first in this new series I'm doing called, I'm calling Take Two, where I'm bringing back some of our favorite guests from previous seasons, just to catch up, just to um, talk about what you've been up to since we last spoke, and especially because of everything that's gone on in the past year in 2020. Just want to see how you're doing, what's up with your business. Um, So the last time we spoke, though, we were both in Accra. (laughs) And it's so funny how how the world, how times have changed. I'm now based in uh, in Seattle. Oh, wow. And you, yeah, (laughs) I'm based in Seattle now. Although, who knows, I'm thinking, I was really hoping to move east um, last year for a variety of reasons okay. um, um and so i'm hoping that you know if if we get vaccines and all that good stuff i can i can do that um later this year but i'm based in seattle now so where are you these days i am now in uh wesley chapel that is just outside of tampa florida we moved here in may of uh last year May yeah, right. Yeah. Today's it's the second for for I I'm not sure when this will play, but this is just the second day in 2021. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where you're still you're trying to figure out your bearings in terms of time. Exactly. Oh, cool. Yeah. Exactly. So the last time we spoke back in Accra, um, you we talked about you know 
the importance of the vegan diet and lifestyle. So we talked about it in the context of African food, but then also your own personal journey. And at the time you were thinking about opening um, the Afkave Cafe or restaurant in yes. <laughs> in uh, in Accra. So maybe let's start there. What what um, what's that been like, or what progress have you made with that at all, if any? Well, uh, I'm here in Tampa, so it pan <laughs> out as I had wished, as we had wished. Um, we were launching a plant-based uh, meat substitute uh, out of Ghana. That was our plan, uh, a soy-based product. And our plan was to really be able to tap into soybean farmers uh, in Ghana and, and really grow their businesses and grow our business at the same time. At uh, the time that we were there, soybean was still primarily being used for animal feed and for like oil, but it wasn't really being consumed. Uh, it wasn't being used for human consumption. So our goal was to introduce this as a, as a, uh, a meat substitute and then also be able to... Uh, be, you know, like do some social uh, empowerment and, uh, and, uh, ooh, blah, 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 and uh, give opportunities to local farmers. So that's what our goal was. And it didn't, it didn't work out as we had wished for several reasons I will not go into. But um, what I was able to gain from my time in Accra was basically the I like to say majesty, the culinary majesty of the African continent. And to really get a deeper understanding of how traditional foods traveled uh, as the trade winds, as the slave ships did uh, throughout the African diaspora and how Africa has really influenced world cuisine and the plant-based bend to that world cuisine. Well, that's interesting. I was actually on a um, on a panel this this um, yesterday. Wow, time again. <laughs> Just yesterday in 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 Clubhouse, which is this new audio only social media platform, and um, I was invited by uh, V. Sheree, who is the publisher and I guess own editor publisher of Cuisine Noir, okay. um, to talk about food trends and, you know, food trends, past food trends in 2020, 2020 and what we're expecting in 2021. And a lot of our conversation was around, you know, being planned for even the terminology, right? Plan forward versus plant based versus vegan versus vegetarian. Correct. One, how that's becoming a huge thing in black, you know, global black food mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. and then how how we sort of balance that in terms of one the way it's marketed towards black people like we don't already have that in our culture and then two like how do we then you know own it and then move forward in a way that is also true and authentic to our cuisine. So it sounds like you sort of got a lot of that clarity for yourself while Absolutely. being in, in a crowd. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think we are as a, as black people globally, we are uh, at the precipice really of um, ownership of our legacy and our story. Um, it, it, 
in, in terms of the culinary world is one, but just the stories that we have been told, that have been told, that we have been told about ourselves. We have now taken over that narrative and we are telling the story. And one of the most powerful ways to do this is through food. Because food, right, is universal. Food is that thing that breaks down boundaries. If you sit down with somebody over a plate of food, there's something disarming about that. And um, our food, food from the continent in particular, I always joke and say that, uh, I used to say, African food tastes great. It may not necessarily look good, unless it's part of your culture. You know, like we're, we're conditioned to food. We're, con- we're conditioned to light soup. We're conditioned to, you know, palm butter. We're conditioned to, to, to the food. So to us, it's appealing. But to the westernized eyes, it's not necessarily appealing. But what has happened is we're, we are now um, aesthetically moving our dishes into a different arena. Now the food, the, the flavors are the same, but we figured out, you know, okay, you people are hung up on the aesthetics. We're going to give you aesthetics. Um, so I just think it's an incredible time of, of, of we as a people are not encumbered with assimilating. We are um, celebrating ourselves our culture, our legacy, and we're bringing it to the forefront of the world. And that's that's where we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, so what have you been up to since we spoke? So it sounds like you're now back in stateside. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. What's new with you? What are you doing these days? Well, I, I, you know, I started out when you met me, I had been doing private chef work for some time for um, some celebrities, really well-known actors, box office, big names. And when I came back, I was doing that again. Um, and what happened with, with coronavirus hitting, it really pushed me out of that comfort zone. Um, it, you know, in a sense, when you're doing private chef work, it's kind of like feast or famine. Um, and, you know, working with people in the music industry, in the, in the film industry, when they're shooting, it's feast. But the minute that thing wraps and that person is waiting for their next gig, which, you know, they want to take a break because it's been four to five months straight working. Um, And so moving to Tampa really pushed me into now um, taking ownership, to use that word again, and really kind of like jumping and, and waiting for the net to appear. So what I have done is I actually have three different shows that I am hosting um, um, where I interview, one of them is Culinary Conversations. It just launched today for a magazine out of DC called Monarch Magazine. I'm the resident master chef. And it's really an interesting concept because I have conversations with tastemakers in media, you know, in, um, in business, in art, uh, just different arenas. And we cook a dish and we just talk about, you know, today's events. And, and most of the people that we speak to are from the African diaspora. So it definitely has that lens dealing with like social issues, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, looking at COVID and how it disproportionately affected people of color, by and large, 
because, you know, of the pre-existing conditions that our people suffer from because of their diet. So we're having a lot of conversations around inequity, health inequity, and then, you know, the responsibility that we have as individuals into what we are putting into our bodies and how it affects our health as well. Right. Well, where can where can people? Oh, sorry, Ginger, but where can I'm very interested. Now, where can you? Where can we find this to to listen to or to read about? Um, MonarchMagazine.com. Um, you can follow them and you can register and you will be alerted for the shows. I've shot about eight shows. Um, today was the initial, the launch was with Stevie Bags Jr., who was a professional athlete and a star of a Tyler Perry uh, show. Um, I've met with, I've interviewed Eric Adams, who is the Brooklyn Borough president. He is a vegan who is on fire. Um, and, and we talked about his walk and his journey and how, uh, eating healthy has just really transformed his life. And he is, he's a passionate, a passionate voice for it. Um, we spoke about how Brooklyn was the epicenter of the epicenter, uh, early on in the, in the, in the pandemic. Um, so I've, I've spoken with the, you know, the head of the National uh, Heart Association for Women, just really interesting conversations around health and around uh, culture as it relates to food. So that's one of them, that's Culinary Conversations. And then I host a weekly cooking show called Reclaiming Your Health. And um, it's uh, on the Facebook page for the Reclamation Project. And so I weekly just expose people to that are vegan curious um, about how to incorporate plant-based cooking into your life. And because I'm somebody who celebrates the African diaspora, it very much has that lens where we figure out how to use spices from the continent or cooking um, techniques from the continent and things like that. Uh, and, you know, I've done a few little spots on dying diaspora. I love that. Um, and I'm actually shooting my own show. Um, it's called Uprooted, and it's a plant-based journey through the African diaspora. And um, I, I am uh, working on my channel. Hopefully by the time that this, this plays, it will be up and running, and you'll be able to see my take, which is really just taking everyday dishes and veganizing them and then throwing a heavy dose of the continent into it as well. <laughs> yeah. So that's what oh, I'm going to do. Oh, that's, that sounds great. And you should, um, I should get the links to all of this stuff and include Absolutely. that. In, I'll get those to you. Yeah. In the notes so that when, when this comes out, that people can, can get into into that stuff because also at the beginning of the year there's a lot of people that um you know are thinking about you know how to eat better like how to you know different lifestyle changes and so there's some of these conversations you know the recipes and whatnot might be helpful yes um, yeah yeah it it definitely is that time and um you know i think i think we are being people of color in particular i mean i'm a woman of color so that's what my focus is um we are being pushed to think more about what we're ingesting, what we're taking into our bodies. I mean, I've, I've noticed that there's this whole movement to people doing, you know, small, like little uh, planting and farming on their little plots. Like I have a girlfriend who lives in Los Angeles and on her balcony, she's growing kale. You know, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're so really I saw that growing. quite a bit. And I don't know if, do you think part of it is just 
you know, being at home more and just, you know, thinking a little bit more about health and or has that been a trend before? I noticed that quite a bit, I think, because of COVID and just people being at home and wanting. I think I think it is people being home. I think it is the, the access to information, things that may have slid by you before you're paying more attention to. So you're recognizing, you know, I cannot necessarily trust that something is harvested well or grown well because it's in the grocery store. If I can do it easily, why don't I do it? I think there's also a concern about access to food. I mean, you know, when when this whole COVID thing broke, people were going crazy and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's that whole food instability. And you're like, well, if I can, you know, I can grow enough food to feed my family. Let me do it. Let's see. You know, you never know. So I think people are... Um, kind of being proactive because they don't know there's so much. I mean, this thing like upended our world. And I think people are looking for ways to be able to control something or feel like they have some kind of control. And and, and that's feeding that as well. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of this educational work. Um, and it sounds like it's all sort of come to fruition this past year. Um, how else did you navigate like the last year? I'm just interested in how people, you know, coped in terms of how did they change your original plans in terms of what you were going to do with the business? What did you learn? Well, one thing I forgot to mention is I also launched a spice line. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, my mother was from Guyana, South America. And if mm-hmm. one thing, but, but culturally West Indian, um, there's one thing that the Caribbean is known for, it's curry. So I have, I've created a curry. I've created a spice that reflects, I believe, um, the African continent. So, so those, fo- those are available through offcavefoods.com and I'll, I'll share that information with you. Um, but I think what happened with me in this past year is you really, I know for me personally, just you know, this thing is, it's so nefarious and it's so insidious. And, you know, I started to think of how can I really capitalize off of my knowledge base and stay safe at the same time? How can I, you know, um, how can I create a, a show or a concept? How can I how can I still give, give people what they need um, without, because I was, like I said, I was doing a lot of private chefing. So I was in and out of people's homes and that just stopped. I mean, that just stopped. Um, and so I started doing, you know, a lot of cooking classes online and I, you know, I was doing virtual private chef, which is just a sexy say, way of saying cooking, classes, <laughs> but it sounded good. <laughs> so, um, just, yeah, just, just figuring out ways to meet people's needs, to make them feel more comfortable in the kitchen because now they were having to do it. They didn't have the convenience of somebody coming in. So, so creating recipes and, and creating menus that people were comfortable with and walking them through it and, and, and empowering them to now take what they've learned and feed their families and feed themselves. So it just really pushed me into, um, you know, I'd gotten comfortable. I'd gotten very comfortable. And then, you know, when you have to really be creative, you know, put your feet to the fire, that the, what I'm doing now is the result of that. 
That's amazing. I, I, it sounds like you've gotten a lot done, though, between the Spice Line and sort of all of the media work you're doing mm-hmm. in terms of education mm-hmm. and all of that. That's impressive because I think I even personally for me, it was much more crippling, I guess, in some ways um, in terms of the things that I had planned to do and what I ended up doing and I haven't I this it's still early in the year and I usually take some time at the beginning of the year to just be quiet and reflect and think back on the lessons I've learned and maybe I will come out of that reflection <laughs> phase realizing that I probably did a lot more than I you know think oh, right yeah. now oh yeah um oh, but yeah. um I just felt a, a lot of times just disappointed especially when you also see sort of your peers sort of you know moving forward <laughs> pushing forward like nothing's changed um so i'm i'm always in in awe and admiration of those who 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 at least externally seem to have been doing a lot more so um we've put 2020 in our rear view mirror <laughs> um what are you what are you most excited for or about for 2021 going well, forward for 2021 i'm really excited about launching uh uprooted a plant-based journey through the diaspora i just think that Again, the culinary legacy and majesty of Africa is just awe-inspiring to me. And its tentacles just reach everywhere. I mean, because, you know, we as a people will we'll go wherever there's an opportunity. So we have a food story basically everywhere in the world. I mean, you go to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you've got a huge, my father's from Liberia, you've got a huge Liberian population there. You've got a huge Ethiopian population there. And you see how our foods in these areas have been tweaked a little bit to, you know, to to uh, incorporate like the 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 local foods or the local produce and things like that. Um, There's just there's just so much. Our story is so vast. And I'm excited about being able to connect the dots with people. I think that. it's it's just so interesting. It's so interesting. For example, if you look at uh, Akaraje in in Brazil in the Bahia, the Bahia. If you look at that trade wind, if you look at that where those the the slips the ships of the enslaved came from, you can see it came straight over from Nigeria, and you can see how the cuisine there is so reflective of Nigerian cuisine. They stayed so close to it. And it's just a beautiful story to me that people, when they were taken from their homelands, they tethered themselves through cuisine and they have held on to it for all these years. And so then I pay homage to that, but then I say, okay, let's look at how we can continue on this tradition, but make it a little bit healthier by giving it a plant-based twist. Um, and I just, I just love those stories because, you know, people say we have more in common than we do not in common. And this is an opportunity for us to come together with those commonalities. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think that storytelling is going to be a huge part of what moves us forward in terms of framing our food stories. And yeah. as you were talking, I actually think maybe offline, I need, I don't know if you know, you know, I mentioned her earlier, Vishuri of Cuisine Noir. Mm-mm. I should introduce you to her because she's starting a global, a black global food 
Institute or something of some sort. I only just heard about um, yesterday on our panel. So I don't know too much about it. Mm -hmm. But I think that you could be somebody that would be potentially interested. Maybe, I'm sure you have your hands full. Maybe not necessarily actively, you know, participate, but at least, you know, get a sense of what she's trying to build with with that. Absolutely. I, I would love be. to chat with her. Yeah, she, she's, she's great. And even in terms of media um, exposure for the things that you're doing, I think that would be... Um, also good for you. Um, last question for you. So how can, you know, we've heard about what you've been up to, um, the new things you're, you know, excited about. What, what, how can we support you? What can we do to support you going forward? Well, thank you. So um, I would appreciate your support by following me on Instagram, which is C-C-P-E-A-N, C-C-P-E-A-N or C-C-P-E-A-N official. Of course, I would love your support in uh, purchasing my products, which are the Spice line. In February for Black History Month, I'm going to be launching a maple jerk syrup, which I, I, I literally, I this thing is like I would drink it straight from the bottle. <laughs> that sounds so good. <laughs> so, I, you know what? Send me your information and I'll be happy to send you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, just launching my product. So offcavefoods.com, following me there, um, you know, tuning in to culinary and conversations and reclaiming your health, just following me. Because I think that... Um, you know, what I'm doing is really trying to inform and educate. And while I love making money, if I'm able to give people information to uh, assist them in living a more abundant life, a healthier life, um, a life where they're able to uh, perform at their best ability because their body is being nourished um, adequately and abundantly. That is, that is, you know, I'm happiest when that is in, when that's happening. So, uh, supporting me like that would be great. And, and I, like, as we said earlier, I'll be happy to share all of those links. Yeah, I will. Like, yeah. yeah. When you send that, send them to me and then I will for sure, I'll share them on social and then in the, in the show notes so people can click and get their go directly to those sites um so that's it this is a quick catch up <laughs> thank you for coming back and joining me and for everyone who's maybe hearing cynthia's story for the first time i would encourage you to go back and listen to the first time we spoke um episode 13 i believe it is uh you'll hear a little bit more about her background how she got into this space and then maybe some of all of this will also make sense in, to you in terms of you know what um she's doing moving forward i appreciate you thank you so much for giving me your time thank um, you thank you for and me. then yeah and then hopefully we can travel again soon <laughs> and then you know we can connect i'm really hoping you know really wanting to do a lot more collaborations with people in terms of event activations and whatnot and so Let's see what the world looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I told my know, husband, this... he's a physician and he gets to get his COVID vaccine like next. Oh, week. nice. I'm like, when can I get it? <laughs> you know, like I understand people's, you know, ambivalence, but I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I don't want to stay in Tampa for the rest of my life. Yeah. But, but yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will admit I was probably one of those that was skeptical in the beginning, but now I'm so ready for yeah. it. Like when, when can I get mine too? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Cynthia, so much. Thank you, dear. Have a great afternoon okay. and evening. You too. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Item 13, an African food podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. To keep up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Item 13 Podcast. Item 13 is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.